United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead threat that leads them. We mentioned a few weeks ago that a listener sent us an amazing article about lead and canned goods that we wanted to jump back to because, as we mentioned in our first or second episode, there's information out there from U.S. institutions that leads consumers to believe that their only possible exposure to lead and canned goods is from imported canned goods, and even that exposure is very limited. But if you've noticed, there's a theme in this show that, in fact, is not accurate. The CDC states in 2020, foods may contain small amounts of lead. However, since lead solder is no longer used in cans, very little lead is found in food. The CDC goes on to say, quote, the amount of lead found in canned foods decreased 87% from 1980 to 1988 in the United States which indicates that the chance of exposure to lead and canned food from lead-soldered containers has greatly reduced. Lead-soldered cans are still used in some other nations, end quote. Now, this is from 2020, but they're referencing statistics from the 1980s, so that seems real legit. Well, and this, the scary thing for me is that it's saying that it went down 87%, so that's a great reduction, but that means that before those dates in the 80s, there was an 87% increase in lead exposure. So that's our parents and our parents' parents. Us just too. Baby uh, and us, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and just <laughs> swimming around in lead at a, at a rate of 87% higher than what it was measured in a later date. The daily intake for children in 19, between like 1980 and 1990 was, I think, 43 micrograms daily. Whereas today it's, it's like between one to three micrograms daily. And like we've mentioned, there's no safe amount of lead to be in your system. And that was in children. That was children's intake. There's no end to topics we can get into. And obviously I want to get into us as chill, like the eighties. I'm very curious, you know, cause I've already thought about it with leaded gas and the industry my dad worked in and it's all very interesting and also scary. Of course, we were unfortunately not surprised by the article that was sent to us by this amazing listener. 
This article is from the Environmental Defense Fund from 2021, written by Tom Neltner, entitled, quote, It's time to eliminate lead from tin coating and solder on metal food cans, end quote. So I think from that title alone, we could see that the CDC isn't necessarily being truthful when they say that it's eliminated. So the article starts with, quote, in October 2019, we reported findings almost half of the 242 samples had detectable lead, including a staggering 98% of 70 canned fruit samples, end quote. And this goes back to what we were talking about with the baby food, how unbelievably high that was. I love canned fruit. I know, canned fruit is delicious. Canned fruit. And, that's, and that's the problem. And it is, it's convenient. And again, when you're reading that there's no possible way for this to be in your food. Right. Why would you have any concern? I don't know. There's also a stigma around it now. I wonder if anyone hearing this might say or, or even just think or even quietly feel a sense of, you know, it's really not good for you anyway. Uh, like canned fruit? Yeah. yeah. Is canned pineapple better for you than fresh pineapple picked from the tree on the island of Molokai? No, but it's delicious and it's great for baking and the juice yeah. is wonderful for other confections. For and- traveling. And it stores well. And, you know, there's a socioeconomic issue and it's available. So like it shouldn't be dismissed. Yeah. Well, I've never heard anything bad about canned fruit otherwise, other than looking for to make sure they're not in syrup, to make sure that they're canned in their natural juices. And um, it's not supposed to be in syrup. Just it's because of sugar or something else. Yeah, because they add sugar. All my focus is always on sugar and preservatives and never thinking about toxic metals. Never would have crossed Well, yeah, because it, it's canned food. It's not well, canned can parts. <laughs> I, well, I know, but I would be concerned thinking like, oh, I wonder if there is. But when the FDA, the CDC, the oh, USDA, uh-huh. like when these institutions are telling us there's no harm in eating these. And then it's like, well, mm-hmm. There actually is. That's pretty fucked up. So how is the lead getting into canned foods? Neltner suspects, quote, the high lead detection rates are a result of lead in the tin, either added to make an alloy or as a contaminant used to coat the steel or join steel pieces together in the cans. This lead can then leach from the coating or solder into the food. Light-colored fruits and fruit juices would be more likely to have lead contamination based on a report indicating they are commonly packaged in tin-coated steel cans without a synthetic coating on the inside, isolating the food from the tin. The lead detections in other canned products in FDA's study could have resulted from flawed synthetic coatings, end quote. Why does the color of the fruit make it more susceptible to not having that coating? You know, the only thing I could think of that popped in my head is that the darker fruits and vegetables can discolor the can. And so they put that coating on there. That's so smart. I don't know if that's true. That's just what I envision as the only reason. (laughs) Because I I said the same thing in my head. Like, well, there's clearly some reason why. That's the only thing I can think of. Because if you saw a discolored can, it would be less appealing. Yeah. But definitely something I, wa- I want to know. So if there's anybody out there that does know, <laughs> for that, email us at unitedstatesofled at gmail.com. What this did make me think of when they bring up the coating is the coating on pipes that we're supposed to trust. 
I mean, this is saying flawed synthetic coatings. How do we know that the coating on the water pipes isn't flawed? Is that constantly being tested or is it like, a, well, we did that. That's time to move on. And that's good now. I don't know how that works. So I also want to go quickly back to that wording from the CDC's publication. This is, again, from 2020, that lead solder is no longer used in cans. So therefore, there's very little lead found in food. And that the exposure from canned foods has been greatly reduced and that the lead soldered cans are still used in some other nations. I'm confused as to how they can say that in 2020, but it's not true. Because <laughs> this article is from 2019. I don't think we know this. I know I don't know this. But we keep seeing lead exposure not occurring in this direct method, but from material development, from the manufacturing process, from the tools that are used, the environments that they pass through. So if they're using lead soldering in one thing and it's a canning process and it's for things that need to be canned, my uh, spidey sense with this is tingling with, how do we know there's no cross-contamination? I think the main thing, though, is they're saying that it's not used, but it is used. But you're telling me you're not using it, but you're using it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) We're not using it, except for all the tabs we're using. Okay, so, quote, in December 2020, EDF, which is the organization that published this report, and 10 health, consumer, and environmental groups petitioned the FDA to ban the use of lead in food contact materials such as tin. So it goes without saying that our presumption that it had been banned from use in canned goods is completely false. And we know that the CDC and the FDA are two separate entities, but from what we read earlier, it supposedly was only a risk in imported goods. Even that risk was considered low and many U.S. companies outsource their production anyway. So how do these regulations even matter? Now, are they saying because it's, well, these cans aren't being produced in the U.S.? Are they being produced in the U.S.? There's some sort of loophole here because I'm thinking about how Mattel got away with saying, well, that's not us. That was the factory over in China. Just not understanding how they can say these things that aren't true as the people who are regulating these things. I mean, I know this sounds juvenile, but I feel like this is uh, absent of a sense of fairness and honesty. It's just not fair that they can operate like this. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not fair because I think we all should operate like this. It, this is fundamentally dishonest. I keep coming back to the idea that minimum wage means your employer would pay you less if they could. And these yeah. sort of these loopholes are demonstrating that these companies will poison us more if they're able to. Well, here's the thing, too, that bothers me. It's one thing, like when we were doing the baby food, if it's Mm -hmm. Gerber and Campbell's being like, hey, man, we're going by it. This is coming from the people who are supposed to be regulating these things. This isn't even coming from the companies. This is coming from the people who are supposed to be regulating this stuff. That's where it gets me. Like, that's their job. The article goes on to say, quote, our petition demonstrates that because lead is a carcinogen that is unsafe at any level in the blood, its use in tin coatings and solder for food cans should be expressly prohibited. It will be interesting to see what did come from this because I didn't see anything new as far as regulations. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there wasn't much of an influence since we've seen the reaction to lead by companies and certain government institutions. 
But I do want to research that out. That's what I think. There's so much to research. <laughs> I know it's exhausting, but and there's <laughs> no definitive plateau of is. Have we gotten to something where it's like the heroes are winning, the village repelled the monster? Like, have we gotten to something like that where there's just a definitively good news uh... change? I'm just coming up short. Maybe. Not really, but <laughs> I, I, the only thing that stuck in my head was the students who made that filter to eliminate lead and water. But even that isn't absolutely the good guy winning. That's just the good guy. That's great news. But there's nothing we can do about this. Let's find an alternative to right. help ourselves, I guess. Now, how the EDF is coming to the conclusion that the lead is coming from cans or the canning process and not the fruits and vegetables themselves, because we discussed this with the baby food and how, you know, they want to test the fruits and vegetables when they get shipped to the factory, but not after they are in a jar in Lake City. So again, that's article, quote, FDA's total diet study, known as TDS, is an important source of data for both agency and the public to estimate exposure, track trends, and set priorities for chemicals such as heavy metals in food. In 2017, EDF analyzed results from samples the agency collected from 2003 to 2013, finding widespread contamination with 20% of baby food samples and 14% for other foods having detectable levels of lead, end quote. Now I got to bring up that 20% because this is from 2003 to 2013. And that contradicts what we saw from 2019. And I mean, I don't know what their samples were. Were they only taking certain samples that were going to make their numbers look good? Because what we learned in the baby food studies is that it was 90% plus, like literally all baby food had it. So that's also scary. If it's somehow increasing, from 2013 to 2019 and that other study showing the decreases from the 80s what the fuck and it's frustrating and it's like we don't know we don't have their sample size and their statistical rationale and their population definition and all this other stuff we don't have that stuff but it's truly alarming it's still rampant yeah what i'm seeing you're pointing out is that there's still so many unanswered questions and there's still so much room for legitimate doubt. You know, it's like if you turn in an expense report, that's a lot of money for travel. You know, that's just a lot of money for gas reimbursements. I know you have all the receipts, but I just don't know how you traveled that much. Can you, can we just have a quick conversation about why there's so much, I feel like we, sh- we should be able to do that. And there's no, they're just, uh, there's no mechanism just waving us away with these weird regulations and then stalling. And the thing is, there is a mechanism for it. It's called the yeah. FDA, but they're not actually. <laughs> you keep pointing that out. I'm saying, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of jumping. Is. I'm jumping ahead that, that, that there isn't, I'm saying like there isn't a mechanism because there's no one actually doing, doing their it. job. But yeah, you're, you're 100% right. There is a mechanism for it. It's just completely uh, faulty. If only there was this government institution at the federal level at, <laughs> at the federal level watch things that had like to regulate what's healthy and not healthy for consumers for food and drugs i i, I think that'd be great for food and drugs for food and drugs i think that's I, i'm so glad you said that because yeah instead of just having food like they, they need to talk, be able to talk to each other maybe we should 
email Biden or just add him on Twitter and be like, hey, we, we, we've, we've been really thinking about this and it'd be really great if there was this administration <laughs> that regulated food and drugs to be safe. Uh, yeah. And not just safer because they always use that. It's safer. Yeah. You're not saying it's safe. Yeah. <sighs> That's crazy. Or we could just let the free market figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Gerber's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Good, Paul. Good. <laughs> this article also says, quote, we also noticed the relatively high percentages of canned foods with detectable lead when we looked at three canned foods, peach, pear, and pineapple. And as we said, that's the lighter colors that had a raw or frozen counterpart. These are fruits that are, be- are taken from the same farms, but then are processed differently. They say, quote, we found that only one of 31 raw or frozen samples of those fruits had detectable lead compared to 41 out of 42 for their canned versions, end quote. Kind of a dramatic difference. And again, this goes to what all those baby food manufacturers were trying to get away with. Well, no matter what, you're going to have lead in your fruits and vegetables. Here's here's our sample. Well, can we can we sample that that jar after it's been sitting on the shelf for six months? Oh, fuck. No, no, you can't do that. It's just my boggling and just so blatantly deceitful. Now, I just want to share my screen here quickly so you can see and also any listeners who are watching on Patreon can see this chart. Now, this is where they took the samples from. I mean, just to show how dramatic it is. Virtually not anywhere in peach and pineapple when they're frozen or fresh. Pear, though, that's interesting. So there must be something with pear, like with carrots and sweet potatoes, that is interesting. More susceptible, which is my favorite fruit. Pear? Oh, it's my favorite fruit. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. But it made me also think how certain people are more susceptible to the effects of lead and also how much lead they absorb. We're seeing that in fruits and vegetables too, that there's certain fruits and vegetables that are more susceptible to absorbing lead. I just feel something tells me there's a connection to that. Cause like I said, at the end of the day, we want to find what it is that makes certain people and certain other living things less susceptible to lead and how to Use that for the people it's harming most. Yeah, it means we have to have a conversation about it. The, the, all these practices are just, they don't seem to be maintaining safety. They seem to be maintaining the stifling of that conversation. Profit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem to be maintaining their profits. By stifling any kind of ability to question this. I'm thinking of like shipping containers. Like this makes sense if that's all, if like you're living your life based on spreadsheets and that's what they're doing. It's so parasitic. It's so. Also uh, spreadsheets, though, that are leaving out very important information. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Column D that has all the effects after it's been put in cans is just deleted from their spreadsheet. Right. You know right. what I mean? Control like so you're looking at this that. spreadsheet that goes A, B, C, E, F, G, <laughs> and you're just ignoring the fact that D has just been deleted from the spreadsheet. We don't talk about D. We don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about D. I, I mean, maybe that's what um our parody of "We Don't Talk About Bruno" is. Although that can probably be taken a whole different direction.
All right. So after looking at this and knowing what we know from the baby food companies using their data to test the products before they're actually a product and just the fruits and vegetables that come in from the farms, it's easy to skew their data and leave out dangerous amounts of lead found in their products. And for some reason, that's not being regulated or they're acting like they can't regulate it. Like the fact, like I said, that Campbell's and whatever Walmart brand it was, were like, yeah, no, we're not going to participate in this. Thanks though for offering. I don't understand how that's possible. (laughs) So where is the lead coming from in the candy process? Because we're told that, again, there's all this focus on lead isn't in the soldering process. So I want to bring that up because they're saying like, it's not in this. They're not saying it's not in other things. And that's the important misdirection like that we found with the the baby food products. Hey, it's not in these fruits and vegetables when we're getting it. Or if it is, it's, it's natural and it's very limited. And like with the CDC and FDA focusing so much on this one specific part, this article goes on to say, quote, The most likely source is the lead tin solder alloy used to join steel together. The FDA first approved the use of this in 1939. So that's definitely something to look at for how high it was back then. Yeah. Oh, and then think too, like, I mean, people in the military who relied on canned food back then. I mean, it was everywhere and families everywhere were too, you know, and stocking up when they can. But I mean, if your only source of food is from this process, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Quote, the agency banned lead in canned solder in 1995 after companies reported ending domestic use of the material four years earlier. Companies reported that they ended using it and then it was banned after that. They knew how bad it was then, clearly. It's just so frustrating. At this point, I'd almost, I almost settle for just fix the problem. We're not going to punish you but you clearly know this is wrong, fix it, make it right. Mm -hmm. And they're simply incapable of it. Yeah. And then this is the other frustrating thing, quote, however, the agency failed to define the term lead solder and did not set set a maximum amount of lead that solder could contain, end quote. They keep saying how it's bad from that, but they can't define what that means. What do you mean you can't define what that means? There are engineers that ordered the material. There are engineers that told the production technicians and the tradespeople who use it what solder is. They ordered mm-hmm. the materials. They made the solder. They used the solder. They know how much they paid for it. They know if there's extra material left at the mm-hmm. end of their production, but mm-hmm. they can't define it. Classic gaslighting. I never said that. I never said it was in in lead solder because we didn't define what that actually meant. That's so insane. So I just want to share this as I Googled, quote, lead in canned food. The first thing that popped up on Google as a highlighted feature was a blip from the USDA circa July 2019. With the question posed in this publication, do cans contain lead? And the USDA's response is, quote, no period. The canned food industry in the United States stopped using lead soldered cans in 1991. In 1995, the FDA issued a final rule prohibiting the use of lead solder in all food cans, including imported products, end quote. 
that literally goes against everything that was just said. If this is true, then how is it in there? And how is it in there so fucking high? I literally just wrote, ah, after that, because I was just so irritated. I wonder if the answer is uh, just that they're liars. (laughs) (laughs) You're just lying. You're just lying. It's like talking to a six-year-old who's eating too many grapes. No, it is. I I know you took the grapes, Kyle. Like, I know you did. (laughs) We had grapes on the table, and now there's only half the grapes on the table. While Kyle is eating the grapes and telling you he's not eating the grapes. (laughs) God. (laughs) Maybe they're just liars. Yeah. And also every Republican voting against the baby. Oh, my God. All lives matter. Yeah, well, they matter, but we're not going to let you help you feed them. That's (laughs) that's your own fault. Clearly pro-life. Yeah, very clearly. I mean, they've they've clearly shown that. So going back to this article, quote, the FDA's 2017 version of the food code, a guidance for food establishments to keep food safe, specifically allows solder to have up to 0.2 percent or 2000 ppm of lead. It would only take a minuscule fraction of solder at this limit, leaching into the food, end quote. So they do have a, yeah, you're okay to have this amount of lead when they just said there's absolutely no lead. And keep in mind that there are many factors that affect how much lead you are absorbing. And one of those being your size and the stage of development you're at. And I still think like three micrograms daily, that's a lot still when we know that there's no safe amount to be ingested. Now, just for some more misleading information for you, since we haven't had enough for this week. (laughs) Quote, lead tin solder was used to join copper pipe in drinking water systems. In 1986 is when Congress limited lead and solder to 0.2% or the 2000 PPM, and they called it, quote, lead-free solder, a misleading name for something that can still have lead added to it. We assume that the FDA's food code was relying on the limit in solder for drinking water, end quote. So even this article showing, they're saying that something is using the words lead-free, and it's not free of lead. And it made me think about how some companies use lead safe to mislead people into thinking that it's free of lead, when in fact it's not. But they're literally using lead-free when it's not free of lead. How is that possible? Is lead-free a technical term, a technical noun, as aside from a descriptive noun? What I mean is like... Lead's free like, to live like their a, life, just like, yes. I'm free. <laughs> lead, the burning man years. No, yeah. like uh, like affordable housing is a term where it's like there's a calculation of the median income of the area. And then, yeah. mm-hmm. but so it doesn't necessarily mean affordable to the average person it just it's a term that sounds like like it well, should I think be a- they just explained that that it was that 0.2 percent so they're deeming free. anything yeah that they can call something lead free if it's 0.2 percent or lower so it's not that it's meaningless it's that it's it's intentionally obscuring it's not free of lead maybe they're like liars put, they, i mean why can't they just say lead safe like all the other asshole companies do and mislead that way? You're just straight it's up so lying when you say lead free. Yeah, there's another level of deception, really. Yeah, and then they try and come back and be like, well, there's no, nothing's lead free. Then you can't fucking say it. Then you <laughs> just can't get that. You still can't say it. You have to yeah. say lead free or lead safe. Maybe, maybe not can't. <sighs> so, <laughs> 
again, going back to this article that was sent, quote, when the FDA banned lead in Kansadr, it does not appear to have considered setting a numerical limit on the amount of lead the replacement solder could contain. While we do not know for certain, we think the industry in the 1990s might inadvertently have considered the, quote, lead-free solder allowed for drinking water uses, not realizing the situations are quite different. In food cans, the food is in contact with the container for a long time, allowing for more lead to be leached from the coating. While for drinking water, the contact is much shorter. We had talked about that when we discussed water, how like it goes through the pipe. It depends on how long the water is sitting in a pipe and the water is usually not sitting in the pipe for that long. And beginning in 1994, drinking water was often treated to limit lead leaching, end quote. So they're setting the same standards for two industries when the factors that affect the amount of lead in the product are so drastically different. And I find that so mind boggling. That's not something that you would do with two industries that have nothing to do with each other. I was trying to think of an example and I'm like, I kind of can't. And it's also that they have these standards for water pipes for drinking water, but we don't have any for bottled water, which we drink. Separate note, I just think there's been a lot of amazing propaganda or PR. This whole bottled water thing is, am I just crazy on this? I just find it. We oh, had I, to I, believe that our tap water wasn't safe. So now we have to go out and buy. And now we're finding it's not even safer. Yeah. All we're doing is just creating more plastic for the ocean. Where would you set this standard for this when it has nothing to do with that? Like we're saying with like the baby food, you're not taking into the duration of time it takes to leach. Once, once the water is in the bottle, there's a contaminants from the plastic, but then I guess, ha, we also found out that there's lead in plastic. So, but that's usually more durable plastic. You can't just take out these other factors that are crucial to the data and not think that that's misleading. Now, going back to this amazing article, quote, the Food Additives Amendment of 1958, which, by the way, I really want to read and learn more about, quote, Congress did not set a limit on lead. Rather, it required the FDA approve the use only after applying a more protective safety standard. These standards require that additives not be used unless there's a reasonable certainty of no harm from the intended use after taking into account related substances in the diet. It also prohibits the use of carcinogens. Lead is unsafe under both these restrictions because it is a carcinogen and there is no safe threshold that has been found for lead in the blood to prevent neurologic development harm in children and heart disease in adults, end quote. I do want to bring up that I did not notice a focus on heart disease in adults in much of my research until I read that study from the University of Poland, which we used in the baby food episode. And now that I'm seeing in this article, I feel it's highly alarming and something we definitely need to look into for how much heart disease affects adults. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's also so interesting that all of those side effects, when I was researching for like US studies, nothing was correlating heart disease to it. And mm-hmm. why? I think if that's on there, people are going to go, holy shit, we got to get rid of life. <laughs> all these other things are so like, oh, headaches and you know, I'm already dealing with this, these things. And that might be one of the underlining goals of, this, of your work is like, this is such a huge topic. And the reason why we're not discussing it, the reason why they're afraid of us to discuss this is it is everywhere. Like, it sounds like we're being alarmist, but I just can't see any other way around this. If we went lead free as a planet, 
industries went lead free, it would, it would be unrecognizable. You said too, like, there's nothing we can do about what they've already done. Sure. And that we can't destroy lead. Now that I'm seeing in the news how those uh, researchers found that microorganism that destroys plastic at an astronomically higher rate. I feel like just because it hasn't been found doesn't mean it's not able to be found. That there's yeah. not a way for us to, but at the end of the day, we have to stop halt record stop production of using it in our current new products. Sure, you can say that we can't do anything about what's already been done. That doesn't mean we can't do anything now. It's like climate change. Yeah. They try to use that excuse with climate change. Well, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, yeah, you can stop using yeah. fossil fuels. It's a very outdated model. And like we've talked about the decline of the Roman society. And it's just, there's, we have enough knowledge to not repeat the same mistakes. With what my therapist said about 20% of society being wired to adapt to change easily. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that you can't. What are the tools that these people have that the other people in society don't have mm-hmm. to make this more of a snowball effect? Because like I said, everything seems to be like this rubber band effect. We have these strict regulations and then they just slowly chip away because yes. I don't want to say they get reset, but they bounce back enough. And it's like, a, well, see, they went down. That's not an excuse to reintroduce it back into <laughs> it went down because you stopped. Doesn't mean you reintroduce it back. So they go back. I just I don't understand that cycle. We've known for 2000 years that this is not safe. Yeah, we just can't grow up. We can't stop eating candy. Sometimes you just need to stop eating candy and start eating vegetables from non-lead safe like from stop. non-lead safe cans. I, I, <laughs> you gotta stop eating candy and start eating pears. Wait, no, no. I mean, pears. I mean uh <laughs> Well, this article ends with, quote, progress on protecting children and adults from the risk posed by lead takes a concerted effort to drive down all sources of exposure. The use of lead in tin coating and solder is unnecessary. Safer alternatives are available, end quote. And this is something that we saw in the leaded gas episode. They had ethanol mm-hmm. as an option when tetraethyl was first used in production. They knew how deadly and poisonous it was, tetraethyl was. They had the ethanol alternative and they still chose what killed and made people crazy. Oh, well, tin coating, what else are we supposed to do? Well, there's safer alternatives and you're not, oh, wait, but that costs more. Just going to go out on a limb and say it costs more and that's why they're not doing it. And instead of, well, we don't want to drive the price of the consumer. How about you lower the profit? of the CEO and CFO and all these fucking assholes who are making insane amounts of unnecessary money. It's like inflation with gas, how they keep bitching about the price of gas. And this is all Biden's fault when the people who are at the top tier of these companies are making record profits. That's not inflation if they're still making record profits. Yeah. How that works. There's plenty to blame Biden for. Absolutely. Uh, Plenty to blame blame Biden for. But uh, they're still getting a big old slice of the pie. That has not shrunk. If profits are higher, you can't call it inflation. Or you can. And And just be lying. I mean, I guess, yeah, like we've just noticed (laughs) you could call something (laughs) lead safe apparent or lead free and it not be free of lead. So there's nothing stopping you from calling it that, I guess. They are inflating the prices. And some people might call it price gouging. Yes, it's price gouging. Or profiteering. So in all the research we have been doing, there's always a safer alternative, yet we keep using lead. I don't know what it would take 
for us to band together as a global nation and end this toxic industry of man-made lead production, but something's got to give because as we've mentioned, how lead affects you affects society and its ripple effect that leads to higher crime and mental instability. There's data and studies to show that this is linked. And just like big industries are trying to ignore climate change or pretend that they're participating in reducing it, it's not happening. And so it takes, again, us as the consumer. I, at the end of the day, believe us as the mass consumers do have power in what we consume. And with this, it highlights to me that buying frozen fruits and vegetables over canned for the time being is a shift we need to take. From this data, it clearly shows that it's 98% safer to buy frozen. So as far as, you know, us, the consumer, like that's a shift we might need to take. And then again, it's like, okay, well, they're still producing this stuff. It's still sitting on the shelves. And then it's going to go to, what do you do? You buy canned food and you put it at the food uh, donation. And it's always the lower income that are going to end up being affected. And so that's where it's not just us as the consumer doing that, but it is us advocating and calling on, hey, listen, this is happening, even though we're told by the government that this isn't happening. What are we going to do about it? I want to give one last shout out to the listener who sent that article. Thank you so much. And if you have a topic you'd like us to dive further into, please email us at unitedstatesoflight at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the Patreon channel for more bonus content, including our new podcast on lead recalls called Total Recalls. (laughs) I want to have a theme song like Total Recalls. We keep exploring like how we're going to get sued. (laughs) (laughs) And we play the Total Recall theme backwards, is that? Oh, we're going to find out Paul McCartney's dead. Like, it's going to play backwards and, you know, like, what song was that in? (laughs) I wasn't even going to go there, but... (laughs) What what Beatles song is that? Shoot. I don't know. I feel like it's from Sgt. Pepper. But anyways... It's got to be from Sgt. Pepper. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.